You're listening to the Christian Humanist Radio Network, christianhumanist.org. This is Danny Anderson. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Sectarian Interview Podcast. I always love having return guests on this show, and I have a couple here today. Uh, we have Brandon and Yvonne, uh, who are the fellows behind the uh, Chronicles of David comic that we talked a couple, a year or two ago. Um, it's been uh, two years ago. Wow, holy cow. Time does fly. And uh, and uh, and uh, so I'm really happy to welcome them back. That project has been expanded and so I want to give them a little bit of uh, time to talk a little bit about um, where they see that thing going. But also I want to talk to them a little bit about the kind of intersections between um, art, art, artistry, like, you know, the arts, creativity, um, business, and their faith, right? And how all these things uh, work together um, in a really interesting marketplace. And so I want to uh, welcome uh, Brandon and uh, Yvonne. Uh, how are you guys doing? Doing great, Danny. Thanks for having us back on. This oh. is Brandon. <laughs> uh, hey, Brandon. <laughs> Yvonne, are you doing well? Oh, no. Yvonne. <laughs> no, I'm here. I'm for, the, here. for the listeners, we had a, quite a time with people not hearing each other, so I was worried, but it's working. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, thank you, Danny. I'm sorry for that. I just mute the, the <laughs> microphone a little bit, but uh, it just... It's been great. It's been uh, great since we've been here in the show, and we have a lot to talk about. And that subject is really interesting because I think it's just the time uh, of the type of stuff that we live every day, and just is is really amazing. Yeah, um, and and it's really, I mean, it's timely for me personally. My daughter is an artist, and and so she's um, actually applying to colleges now, and she's getting into sort of both regular colleges and art schools. And so I'm sort of imagining various futures for her uh, down the road. And, and so I'm like, I'm curious to talk now just on a personal level about people in the arts and, and sort of how they got there. Um, I, those, if you can go back and listen to that show from a year or so ago and um, look at the art of that, um, that comic book, it's really kind of beautiful, like comic book art. And, um, and so I, it, this, this is not like a, uh, a hacky, uh, <laughs> uh, amateurish sort of job. This is like professional level artistry. And so I'm kind of happy to talk to some folks who are um, working at that level. How did you guys each individually get into the arts? Your, what was your sort of avenue into the world of creativity and particularly fine art and comic art? Uh, Yvonne, why don't we start with you? Okay. Uh, well, I think I, I start since I was a little. Uh, when I was a kid, I always loved stories and, and loved cartoon shows. And for some reason, that was something that drive me, that it's just capturing my mind. I just, I, we were speaking in, 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 in other broadcast lady early, in, and we were talking like, I remember more stuff on my cartoon show that is just my math in third grade. It's just... <laughs> Uh, that's how important uh, 
cartoon show work for me. Just I just rush into into my house. I do my homework because I don't want to so, somebody to stop watching my shows. Yeah. And in the middle of that, I think that's wake up my imagination and I just start drawing and trying to capture every detail. And for some reason, that became something really important for me. And I start writing stories. I just have an interesting story about when I was a kid, I, I saw the Lion King. And when I saw the Lion King, I understand that I want, I, I was literally 12 years old. And when I, when I watched that movie, I have the, some knowledge that that was a movie that someone drew. So in the, in the movie theater, I remember that I say to myself, I'm going to draw for the rest of my life. I'm going to get to that business. And I write a story and I make the characters and I go to the post office. I, it was, I go from, from hiding because my grandma is not going to let me go by myself. So I just took a bus after school. I grabbed a bag of a lot of paper, but I'm, I cannot say how much paper. It's just uh, all paper, dirty papers with uh, 12 years old killed drawings. And I was, this is for Disney. This is your next movie. The, the girl was, was, uh, I think she was laughing because I don't know what address do I put. But I write the story, I made the sketches. And, and and for me that was a moment when I think wow, if I remember that I was trying to to go ahead and and, and even try it even when I was 12. And I grew up with that. And then I understand that I need to learn a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and that become my major in, in university. I study in Argentina comic design university degree and one thing that i learned there is you have you don't need to be the best but you need to learn a lot to be good and if you're good in your job you're gonna get job um though that's that's heartening <laughs> i appreciate that <laughs> and so um but no i actually when you were talking about sending something off to disney and not knowing i'm imagining some kid like Santa Claus, the North Pole, right? <laughs> Walt Disney, yeah. Orlando, Florida, yeah. right? <laughs> that, that was that was actually it, it, I I did not put Orlando. I remember it put Miami. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I, I see the travel uh, advertising in TV, and I see Miami has for all the stuff. That's Disney. So I never think that. <laughs> Disney would probably be cooler if it were in Miami. Now that I think about it, but um, <laughs> be a much different place. But um, anyway, um, no, and that's great. And so you, you, I mean, let me last ask on the artistic level, like people who can't draw like me um, sort of think of it as this sort of magical um, ability. Right. And, yeah, and it is, and, it is. But I think the truth is probably in the middle. I'm sure that the magical yeah. ability and work um, sort of come into it. Because I, I watched all the cartoon shows, too, um, and I fiddled with drawing, right? But I never sort of committed myself to it, right? And I've watched my daughter commit herself to it through her life, right? And so she's, like, off the charts better than I am. And so I imagine it's sort of, like, uh, it's it's based out of an interest. You have a natural aptitude, yeah. and you worked really hard at it. But if... I think it's uh, when I think is everyone start drawing the same. If you're got in, in, in preschool, you remember the all the kids just draw the same, mm -hmm. and maybe just some kid who can make a, a really rounded circle, and that was oh, 
but that, that's the skills. Uh, and and if you if you remember that, there's I remember that it was something that's so gratifying for me because I love it. I just I remember when I was a kid, you can put me in a, in a corner and you're gonna find me in the same place drawing something in, in for hours, and that's gonna be my entertainment at the time. So I think it's just all the start drawing the same, but some people just persevere. And I think that is the most important stuff in drawing because drawing is just like a muscle. You have to train that muscle. If you don't train that muscle, you're going to stop and you're never going to get better. You're never going to fix what is wrong in your drawing. Even if you just start drawing in some point when you think you're good, there's a lot of people who actually is better than you and you have too much to learn from them. So I always think that trying new styles and trying new stuff that maybe you don't like that much, but you can actually improve in there. That's amazing. I was, I was remember one of the things that I, it was hard for me to draw was women. It was hard for me because I always draw women like men huge bag and I try I spent six months only drawing women because I want to understand how that works it's just and and thank God I get better for that because all my women just look really weird and, and bulky but uh, and that's changed because it's a different language it's a different movement and and that was that was really when I understand that you have to be more there is a time when you have an understanding of your own drawings and you see when 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 is your, your your weak spot and you have to go and battle that weak spot and, and trying to learn the best you can yeah i think i think danny what yvonne is saying is something that we we tell young animators a lot because in you know in my world we work with animation a lot we're a christian animation and production studio we don't just do comics we do other things as well and one of the um analogies that we use often is learning a musical instrument right yeah you know everybody can everybody can strum a guitar but not everybody can strum a guitar well or play a song you know like uh you know these famous you know guitarists out there in the world and it's all about that dedication that patience that continual application to continue to do the hard work right learn the scales right um you know practice the the, the fretting and the stringing and everything that's all the hard work and if you don't do that you're never going to increase in your skill and for me my medium is words right i'm not an artist um i'm like you i kind of dabbled with art you know early on in in school and love it but um never really applied myself because my passion is words and and for my start it was really in the fifth grade you know i um our teacher um challenged the whole class to write a short story and i wrote one um, and um, re people really responded to it. People really liked it. The teacher said it was good. The class thought it was great. And at that point, I'm like, I'm hooked. This is what I want to do, you know, <laughs> when I grow up. And, and, and finally, you know, three years ago, I got the chance to finally do that, you know, and I'm, I'm way more than grown up now. I'm an old man, but, <laughs> um, but, but thank God I can finally write full time now. So I wasn't able to do that for my whole career, but Throughout my career, I've always had creative endeavors, you know, going on the side. You know, I've, I've done lots of things. You can go read my bio and see the, the kind of laundry list of things I've been involved with. So for me, it's just continually being that kind of, you know, creative person that's always working on the next project, always thinking of the next story, um, collaborating with artists all over the world. That's, that's 
my passion. And I imagine like in both cases, I mean, I'm a teacher, you know, by trade. And so, you know, one thing I always have to sort of, um, that I notice about really good students, I suppose, is their willingness to try and fail at things, right? I think, especially if you're good at something, you sort of like settle into that zone where you're comfortable and just do the thing that you do, right? And you don't sort of like, like Yvonne's saying about drawing, you know, a figure that is difficult for you. And if you're able to kind of face that frustration and um, and work through it, you actually sort of grow as not only an artist, but a writer as well. I mean, I happen, I, writing is one of the things I teach, right? <laughs> College writing, but also, you know, other kinds of writing as well. But yeah, and, and, and getting getting people to try something that they're just not innately interested in and sort of expand the realm of things that they're actually interested in and kind of grow in their imagination and curiosity about the world. Um, I I feel like that's a big part in um, developing as an artist too. Yeah, absolutely. I I agree a hundred percent, Danny. And I think there's another critical moment you reach as as a creative as well, where you learn to decouple yourself from your creation. Right. So many young creators have this problem where their pride and their kind of identity as a creator is tied up in whatever that thing is they're creating. And what that does, it sets you up to fail when any sort of criticism comes towards that creation. Right. And whether it's constructive criticism or not, if my self-worth is tied into this picture that I just drew or this story that I just wrote or this animation I just crafted, and someone says, well, that's good, but, well, as soon as you hear that but, you're like, oh, I'm defeated, I'm <laughs> deflated, I'm destroyed. You've got to learn to decouple yourself. That creation is what it is, and it's going to be finite in time, and you're going to continue to get better if you keep working. And eventually, you'll look back on that creation and go, wow, that's really good, but. <laughs> so you'll, you'll criticize your own work at some point. I think part of, of, of being an artist is just wait, uh, get up, because you're going to fail at some point. And so many people, when they fail, it just it stay down. And you see so many people say, I used to draw, I used to dry, I, I used to play music, but I just never find it. And, and one of the things is, is, and I think that is, uh, uh, I remember when, 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 when I have my, my crashing moment, and I remember that I have to say, well, if you really want to do this, you have to move on and you have to get up and keep drawing because you, you know you need to get better. So I think it's part of the, of, of the road. It's just like the hero path. Mm-hmm. You need to defeat that, that base and just become a different person. It's just keep, keep, keep working. <laughs> yeah. And, and realize sometimes, I mean, art is subjective to a degree, right? And so it could be that you just pitched it to the wrong person. And as it is, someone else would really like it, right? And, and so it's imagine, it's also a matter of like finding your community um, uh, that where your work fits in, sort of, I think. Very and, true. And, and I find that, you know, as I, I write, you know, mainly sort of like criticism kind of things, but also I've been getting into sort of creative writing here lately. And, and yeah, I'm finding, you know, it's just a big chunk of it is knowing, you know, where to, where to pitch, right. Uh, and where you're like more likely to kind of find someone who will understand what you're trying to do. Um, and so, and then that, that opens up a space of self doubt. Like, is it, 
that what I did sucks or is it right. they don't have good taste, right? And so you have to sort of like, <laughs> you have to sort of like, uh, like figure that out on the fly too. Well, that's the classic thing of, you know, your mom's always going to tell you it's great. Yes. Right? So you, <laughs> you've got to ask other people, right? You can't just take it to mom all the time um, because she's always going to, you know, uh, think that your work is wonderful. So yeah, you've got to, you've got to push it out there. You've got to understand your audience for sure, especially when you're trying new stuff. But, you know, I, I just I just tell young creatives, welcome the, the criticism, you know, don't don't take it personally, but just examine every comment and say, you know, is that is that true? Is that something I could improve on? And if so, set a set a course like Yvonne said to try and go play that dragon, you know, and then and then make your art better because that's never a bad thing. Right. Regardless of who's looking at it, if you're making your art better. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a good thing. No. Yeah. You'll feel much better about life. I mean, as an art, I mean, I just realized, I mean, Kafka says that I can't, I'm paraphrasing, but a writer who's not writing is basically a monster. Right. And, and, and so I feel like, um, I, and that's kind of, you'll feel better about the world if you're doing the thing that gives you fulfillment, whether or not anybody ever sees it. Right. And so right. Well, um, there is a point. <laughs> and with Kafka, you have to paraphrase. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Um, and, and both of you guys, though, you raise an interesting question. I mean, I, I assume that in your earlier in your younger days you were supported by your family and what you did like uh your your art was like uh, appreciated and supported and your writing um is this is this true or, or maybe i'm wrong about that well i'll answer just briefly for me i was the supporter of the family oh. uh and 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 then also doing creative stuff on the side so yeah so my my whole career has for the most part been in the it realm so you know information technology um, computers, coding, you know, uh, and some program management. So uh, I've always worked a full-time job to support my family, but I've always done creative stuff on the side. And that's really now been a blessing because I've learned really the hard way to be super efficient with my creativity and get stuff done. Because when you only have, you know, slices of moment in between changing diapers and feeding babies or, you know, going to work or, you know, running to church to, you know, to do a deacon's meeting or what have you, um, you learn that your time is very valuable and very precious and you don't sit around waiting for inspiration to strike. Yes. You, you get the work done because you're passionate about creating. So that for me, that I've always had a dual role where I've been the provider um, and then also a creative on the side. Go ahead. Ivan. You, Bavon, what do you think? Uh, I think it, it, the family is important. Uh, in my case, I have the blessing that my family supported me. Many of my friends didn't, the nuts is just like, really? Art? You don't want to do something useful for the world? <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, that was the phrase that a friend with all the love tell to me. And, and we're still friends, don't worry. But, <laughs> but he, and I think it's just, uh, you have to, to understand there's, uh, I think it's part of culture too, because, uh, when, if my family is just some, some family, my closer family, my mother, she always been supportive to me. She always said, okay, this is what you want, but you have to be smart. Don't, don't just dream, just put it in, into reality. So make it works and understand how that works. And she's a blessing for me. She's, she's been supportive always. She's my biggest fan always. And, and I, 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 I am thankful for the Lord for that. And also there's time when, when so many people will not understand that. And, and you have to learn to deal with that too, because it's part of everything. It's just, 
And also you have to understand that sometimes you don't gonna get it <laughs> because sometimes you're gonna doubt in the in the way can you you're gonna say like okay I'm not supportive myself right now. You're gonna ask continuously, this is the right path. Uh especially in arts, I think is because you have to go uh against so many uh so many thinkful or, or what people think to 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 make it and christian whoa this is another layer about that because many christians just for some reason we just think you are are not part of the church so you have to go against that too so you're gonna add layers and layers but i think one of the parts is you have to be sure and you have to understand it's not gonna be easy and sometimes it is easy Sometimes you're blessing when when the doors open in the right time and you you make it easy, but it also is always going to be a hard work because I I always think that you can make it, but you're gonna work hard to stay there, yeah. and that is the hard part. Many people make it and many people don't stay there. Yeah, and and you and, oh Brandon, you were gonna say something. Yeah, I was just going to uh, underscore Yvonne, uh, Yvonne's statement with a point. We were on a podcast last week with a bunch of artists, and one of the artists asked Yvonne what his daily routine looked like. And when this is Yvonne talking to artists, and when he told them the number of hours per day that he is just drawing, they were all like, whoa, that is so much work, man. That is amazing. You know, that is a lot of work. And, and Yvonne is, he, you know, he's, he's hitting the nail on the head. Even if you're blessed to go full-time be an artist, guess what? Now your job is to go be an artist. And that doesn't mean you get to sit around dreaming all day. You got pages to produce or you got <laughs> yeah. portraits to paint or, you know, words right to, to write. Write or, or, or music to make. It's just, and, and, and you understand that you don't, you don't need inspiration for do something. And I'm not saying inspiration is just uh it's just nothing you need to have inspiration but that inspiration you have to become a passion you have to become like the purpose of what you're doing and you don't get to sit around to see i i've been hours trying to draw something and sometimes it's just okay i need to breathe take a 20 minute stop but i go back to that page i don't spend three days to okay i'm gonna wait until my inspiration came from heaven and I can draw easily. No, it's just hard work. You just try, mistake, try again. Try, mistake, erase, and try again. Yeah. Yeah, I, I particularly hear that refrain from comic artists, actually. Like, even in sort of, like, mainstream comic, it, people think of that as being, like, a dream job, but it actually turns out to be kind of a nightmare for people who are an artist because there's just so much production required of you to work in that field. And really, the, the payment doesn't match the amount of work you put into it unless you're like Very super true. famous. Right. <laughs> um, and, and so it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's one of those things that you particularly hear from um, comics um, artists who are part of a, a, a production line really. And, and so there's a, there's a form of art that they're a part of. And I guess it's a, it's an intro, it's a good segue into the second leg of this three legged stool that I want to uh, uh, talk about today. One is the entrepreneurial nature of the, this. Um, I, several years ago on the podcast, um, I looked at a book uh, with a couple other folks called Shop Class as Soulcraft by um, oh. Michael C. Crawford. Um, and it, he's a philosopher who get, got into fixing motorcycles. Uh, and, and, and so, and he sort of talked about how 
um, what we do in liberal arts colleges, particularly in the humanities, it's all sort of life of the mind stuff. And, and we often like think that has nothing to do with like the nitty gritty of like working on a motorcycle. Right. And so, um, in that book, he sort of talks about the way in which the creative thinking that has to go into fixing a motorcycle while like having in mind billing hours, right. For, you know, what your customer and all of that is actually almost like the highest form of philosophy. Uh, it's a really great book that I recommend everybody read, but, um, but it kind of reminds me of what you guys are talking about with the, um, the combination of the artistry with sort of the, the financial demands, um, and, and having to sort of, um, sell products that are created out of that artistry. I don't know if you guys want to talk a little bit about, um, that, uh, that those tensions that ex your experiences sure. in there. Yeah. Uh, whoever wants to go first. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll definitely, I can definitely talk to this because it's something I'm right in the middle of at the moment. Um, so brainy pixel has been blessed with the opportunity to pitch some really uh, amazing projects in, in 2022. And it's, and it's really stunning to see God's providence um in your life you know i'm an older guy um and i've done lots and lots of jobs i'm kind of a mutt when it comes to the workforce and even though i've primarily done it work that's not all that i've done so i've also done project management i've also worked in contracting and proposals i've worked in marketing and it is because i'm kind of this this dual-brained guy i've got like a, a logical side but also a real creative side so that allow has allowed me over my career to kind of work in lots of different spaces. Um, and I say all that to say, while I was doing those jobs, I was like, man, this, this stinks. This isn't what I want to do. You know, this, why am I here? Why am I working on these, you know, proposals for a government contract, blah, 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 blah. And now that I'm running my own business and I'm pitching multi-million dollar contracts uh, or multi-million dollar jobs, I'm now super thankful because I have all this knowledge that God has placed in my life, real world experience, where I can look at, say, a schedule, you know, a three-year schedule to deliver a really complex project, a product, and I can go, oh, no, we need more schedule time. You know, there's schedule risk here because of X, Y, or Z. Or I can navigate or understand uh, a contracts process with a, a very large global organization because I've done that, you know, in the private sector in the past. And you have to, as an entrepreneur, you have to start learning these things especially if you're a small business, because if you don't, no one is going to help you, right? So you have to help yourself. And so when you are, when you're bidding these contracts or you're chasing this work, if, if you don't know these things, or if you don't go learn those things, then you're going to inevitably lose money because all these things are important. They exist in the world for a reason. It's not like the business world decided, oh, we're just going to come up with all these foreign <laughs> concepts. No, all those concepts of schedules and budgets and contracts, all that stuff grew out of a natural expression of the market. And you've got to be able to wrap your arms around those things or hire someone to do that for you if you're making the money. So, so yeah, there's, there's way more to being a creative entrepreneur than just creating the next, the next thing. Um, I mean, here we are, we're in early February and I've not written a single creative word since basically December the 10th, two months, because I've been building pitches and I've been building proposals for the last two months straight. Um, and, and that's just the nature of the beast. Hopefully I'm about to enter a season where I can go write scripts and, and do fun stuff again. 
but you know, dealing with lawyers, dealing with contracts, dealing with schedules and deliverables and understanding those so that you don't lose your shirt. So you can keep the doors open and the lights on next month is critical to running a business. So learn those things or find someone to help you that knows them. Absolutely. Yeah. Von, from the drawing end, what's your experience here? Well, I, sometimes it's just basically the same for me and Brandon, because uh, I'm not just me because I'm from Mercy Ways and Mercy Ways is, is, is a studio who is, working in comics and books for a special, not special, but uh, a special market. Yeah, special market, yeah, because we only make Christian uh, content. And that actually uh, helped and it did not help because you know what you're going to do, but you need to start knowing how, how you're going to do that. And, and even if I am the artist in there, I just have to be in a lot of meetings. I just have to be... Uh, working with the with, with with the guy who actually helped us to to the accountability of of of, of the 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 studio, and there's a lot of work that you have to do. And in and, and just like Brandon said, there's a moment when you have to learn to do everything. You have to learn how the I don't know how how to how the government work with your taxes. You have to learn. Mm-hmm. And all the things you don't have to work, what is, what is the legal stuff you have to be on time? And all that stuff, you don't think about it when you, you, you're just focusing and I'm going to do this and it's fun. And you have to go and make the adventure, but I'm just going to put it in this way. It's just like Frodo is going into an adventure, but you don't know you're going to face up with all the goblins. You don't know you're going to face. And if you want to put faces and and titles to the goblins that's up to everyone but <laughs> you don't know you're going to face a dragon in the middle and you have to learn how to be it's part of the adventure uh, there's time when i just spend weeks with not drawing or maybe just drawing at night and spending night drawings because i have like eight five week uh, meeting in that day or i have to lead a team because one thing that now we have less it is we have the opportunity to work with other artists. It's just trying to manage many projects at the same time. It's just, uh, and that project that we are working is a seed that we invest in night in 2019. Mm. And now it's fruitful now. And, and you have to be patient too, because you have to seek your job. You have to, for some reason, and he is speaking with that. Brandon is part of our blessings too, because He's just uh, financially support Mercy Ways when when he wants to be part of Chronicles of Faith. So all the things, first of all, and one of the things that I, I just, if you're working, just let people know you work because no one is going to knock your door and see, hey, I know you draw good, so I'm going to hire you. No. And you have to go and be part of the world you want to be, become part of it. Uh, we go to a... a uh, an editorial uh, convention to trying to see, hey, this is what we do. Are you interested? This is what we do. Are you interested? And you have to knock the doors. And thank God now some doors are open. And just like Brandon, we were showing the art. Hey, we are working this project. And you have to be your own uh, art, uh, you, your own relationship manager. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is our social media and all the kind of stuff. 
is going to help you to let people know. And there's going to be a blessing. Uh, 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 wise people like Brandon is going to say, hey, you know what? We want to be part of it. So it's a lot of work. It's not just drawing. It's just trying to be wise. And and it's fun, too. You have to understand that that part is fun. It's, mm-hmm. it's tiredness. It's, it, I, I just talked to Brandon. And I can spend hours drawing. But if I have to go to a meeting with the legal department, I just drain, drain my energy away. <laughs> And just like, I don't want to do nothing. Yeah, years. I was wondering, Yvonne, did you say uh, Frodo was encountering goblins or lawyers? I, I, I didn't catch that. So. <laughs> well, it's just, uh, what I, it's the same part. It's just different titles. <laughs> I, for everyone who's a lawyer, I'm not saying you're a goblin. In many ways. <laughs> we need you people. Amen. Amen. Yeah. But it's an interesting, like, you know, positive spin you're trying to put on that, though, is that if you work hard enough, I mean, and you have to convince yourself to do this uh, at times, you have to sort of, it's not a natural default state, um, but you yeah. can try to imagine all of the logistical um, moving parts, part of the entrepreneurial part of art artistry as its own art, right? Uh, and, and its own sort of creative activity that has its own kind of value. I know it, it doesn't feel like that when you're in meetings like that you don't necessarily want to be in that feel like a distraction from your actual work, right? And and I have my own versions of this in, in education, right? Of course, right? And so, but if you, but the way I've kind of gotten through those seasons is to think of all of those things that I want to, my initial um, reaction to them is that this is a distraction and, and keeping me from getting my work done. It's actually part of the bigger picture of my work, right? Yeah. And it's its own kind of creative work that also, I mean, gives you a little break from being stuck in your own head a little bit sometimes. Well, and it's also an opportunity, you know, to show the show Christ, right? You know, yeah. if you're in a meeting and you're grousing and you're, you know, you know, grumbling and complaining, very scripture is very clear about grumbling and complaining and what we're, how we're <laughs> supposed to not do that. So, you know, it's an opportunity, you know, to, to be salt and light. And uh, I posted on Twitter uh, not too long ago. It's like, man, I love my job, but these meetings, you know, they really keep me from being creative. But praise God, I get to go to these meetings. <laughs> so, you know, it, it it's part of the process. And we have to continually remind ourselves, like you're saying, that, hey, the end of the day, we're making cartoons, right? So so this meeting is just a part of that process. So yeah, focus exactly on that. <laughs> focus that- on the end goal. <laughs> That that meeting is what lets you do what you love to do, and right. that is a that is a moment when you when you get it. It's just like okay, I need to be here because if I don't be if I'm not here, I cannot go to draw what I love in my house. Yeah. It's just part of the it's part of the the baggage, and and it start it start to be fun. Yeah. I love meeting with Brandon. Just it's just uh, this is not a tiresome, but we can go and go and go for hours. And that is awesome because you find someone who actually think like you and you can share a lot of stuff. But there's time, and, and we understand that. And in, in the other meeting with people who do, I have to learn new concepts. I have, and, and that is just what it that means. It's just the other way or the other stuff. It's just, it, it makes you tired because you're using your brain in a new way. But then I get it and just like feel good. And it's important. I one thing. I mean, I live in Central Pennsylvania, and the um, I, since moving here, like I mean, I've noticed, and this is not my own observation. Everyone notices this. People who are from rural small towns 
are not used to interacting with people they haven't always known, right? Um, and so my students, one big hurdle I have with my students, and I'm open with them about this, like, is that you have got to learn how to interact and, and talk to people that you don't know, right? And, yeah. and you have to become comfortable. And I know particularly not just people in central Pennsylvania, but like artists, Many artists are kind of introverted types who would rather just be alone in their cabin wherever doing whatever they do, right? And so, um, and, and that's, it's not that you're wrong being wired that way, right? But you have to also understand that in order, if you're going to pursue the entrepreneurial side of art, and if you're not, that's fine, right? You don't have to. Um, but if you're going to do that, um, you're going to have to learn to push yourself beyond that that comfort level on interpersonal relationships, right? And I've tried to like work that into class and and like make people like give them this experience talking to other people that they don't know. And and uh, and I feel like honestly, it's not technically part of my course outcomes, right? But it's probably the most important thing I can do for them is to get them comfortable just in a room um, with somebody they don't know and having the ability to produce words, <laughs> right? It's yeah, I, I, yeah, you could not be more correct, Danny. I mean, it, it is so critical, whether you're just meeting with a potential client or whether you're pitching something or whether you're in, you know, in some sort of in, it's delivery meeting, right? Or you're delivering something and talking through the end stages. Yeah, you got to be able to interact. I mean, you know, language is our primary mode of communication. And so if you don't know how to talk to people and you can't be yourself, People are going to pick up on that pretty quickly, and uh, it may lead to no more jobs in the future. Mm. So, <laughs> um, a great compromise that I've been blessed to be able to kind of strike is I've now got internet in my cabin in the woods, so I can just simply, you know, do a Zoom meeting from the cabin in the woods, and then I can go out outside and do whatever I need to do. But that's yeah. a nice outcome of COVID, right? I mean, that has normalized this somewhat safer form of of uh, business meeting, right? For us, COVID has been a huge blessing. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. I mean, I understand people, you know, around the world, no bad stuff, right? I get it. For me personally, it's been the best two or three years of my life. So, <laughs> is the revenge of the introvert? It's just, <laughs> is, we, we, we managed this before everyone else. <laughs> well, and me as a horror film fan, too, right? Uh, but uh, yeah, I was ready for this. But, but uh, no, I mean, I was thinking more on the technological end, but yeah, on the kind of personal end as well, right? This, I mean, I was thinking on the technological end, like remote meetings are. Um, people realize most of that could be done this way. Right. And it, it makes it, yeah. uh, there's a, there's a possibly sort of democratic outcome. Uh, um, and, and there's another really um, maybe unseen benefit as well. If you are on the end of that spectrum of, you know, introvert and extrovert where you don't mind pitching and you don't mind asking the question, it opens up the possibility to meet with people you might not ever be able to get into a room with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, um, so while I'm an introvert, I also believe in we have not because we ask not, right, which mm. is scriptural. And I will pitch anybody. Mm. I don't care who they are, right? <laughs> and so recently I was I was blessed to be able to pitch a you know a pretty big name, you know, personality um in the film and Christian film space. Um, and it was just because I basically hit them up, you know, on Twitter and said, Hey, I want to pitch you. And they're like, Okay, let's do a Zoom meeting. I'm like, Yeah. So uh, so it, it it really is the the barrier to entry has been uh, massively minimized. Fortune favors the bold, as the Stoics used to say, right? And um, no, <laughs> exactly. yeah, no, it's no, it's true though. Um, and yeah, and that's another benefit for. 
developing the confidence in teaching. As we're talking here, I, I'm at the point with the podcast that I'm not really sure why I still do it. I think everything, I've never done it for, I've never gotten money for it or anything like that or any real money. I've, for a very brief time, I had a, uh, a Patreon and I appreciate the people who, uh, who, who, uh, I shut that down a while ago just because it was too much work. But, um, but the, uh, I, I've often been lately wondering why I'm still doing it. And honestly, when I think back on probably the greatest benefit for me was the ability to meet lots of really interesting people that I would have never met before, but also, developing an improved way of interacting with them. I feel much more eloquent. I please don't go back and listen to early episodes of this. Um, but, uh, but if you do, I hopefully you'll see that I'm much better at this work, at this work just from having to do it, you know, pretty regularly over the last six or seven years here. And I can't believe it's been that long, but, uh, but yeah, so well, I feel I would like, say, yeah, I would, I would say, keep on doing it, Danny, because you're gifted <laughs> at it and you're a blessing yeah. to us out here well, who are listening and, you know, and needing an outlet. So I, and, please don't stop. And I honestly <laughs> don't even know who listens. I, I, I don't check stats or anything like that for this. And so if anybody is listening and does appreciate the, the podcast, please do reach out to me and let me know. I, I, I would love to, uh, to know that it means something to you, but really for the biggest, the, like, I don't know. I do feel really good about introduce like making connections between people who might not meet otherwise. And so giving you guys the chance to talk about what you do um, to people who you might not get to meet. That, that is really for me um, like the great, when I look at social media, Sometimes I can see people who I know only know each other through me, right? And, right, um, right. and because one of them <laughs> heard another one on this, and now they I see them interacting on social media, and uh, that to me is like the best thing about it all. Like, and so I, that kind of I feel like the grease in a machine a little bit, and 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 that makes me feel good. <laughs> um, and so, um, but no, but and, and so if you consider this a creative endeavor, um, it, it is a lot of work. It right? is. For me, it <laughs> is. You, you really just need to, to lean into that, Danny, and make that your motto. I'm the grease in the machine. You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's, I'll put that on my, uh, my promotional materials. <laughs> Labeled, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, let me, uh, this is a great transition into the project that you're, you guys are working on. It's a faith-based yeah. project, which, Yvonne, you made an interesting case that kind of settling, there, there seems to be, on one level, you can think of that there's a, a benefit in settling on an identifiable market, Christians, right, um, to sell to. Um, but there also comes a challenge with that in that Christians often don't appreciate art in the way they should, right? And so um, you guys have a, a, a Christian art form that you you have an Indiegogo um, go-going uh, right now to, uh, to try and pitch here. And so um, it's uh, it's the extension of this Chronicles of Faith um, thing and, and more more stories about David. And so I, I just want to give you a chance to, uh, to pitch all those people uh, that are listening about the uh, possibilities of backing this. There's some very uh, um, nice packages here. Yes, thanks, Danny. So yeah, we've got an Indiegogo, uh, currently go-going. That's exactly where I'm going to start <laughs> pitching that. That's beautiful. Um, yeah, you can go over to Indiegogo and just do a search for David and Faith in the search bar, and it'll be the first one that pops up. It's called Chronicles of Faith David, and we are trying to raise funds to cover the production costs for issue two. The last time we were on Danny's show, we were um, really excited because we had just released issue zero. And uh, issue one is also now done, but the only way you can get issue one is part of the perks to help us fund issue two. 
Uh, we're trying to raise $7,500 to cover the production costs. And every penny of that is going directly to production. There's no lining Brandon's pocket or Yvonne's not buying a boat with that. Um, and <laughs> no. That's literally how much it costs to make this comic. And if you go and look at some of the art, you'll see why it's, it's world-class. It's top shelf. And we would love for folks to jump on board. Um, if you do want to get issue one, uh, you need to at least pledge at the $10 or above level. All those perks are, they stack. So like if you go down to the 55 level, you get everything 55 and below in terms of the perks. So you get, you know, at the, like the $55 level, you'll get, I don't know, it's probably something like 30 different amazing, uh, you know, perks. So I don't know what the exact number is, but definitely go check that out. And uh, if you can't back, we understand times are tight all around the world, but you can definitely pray for us. And so we encourage people uh, to pray for us. That's really the most powerful and the most influential thing yep. you can do for us. Um, we also ask that you spread the word. So, you know, please follow us on social media um, and uh, retweet and repost and comment. And we love those little hearts, but they don't do a lot in the long run. Sharing that message and getting it out to other people that might back is critical. And, uh, you know, and, and you can also, if you want, you can go buy a copy of issue zero. Uh, it is for sale uh, at Comixology. You can go pick it up there. You can also grab it at brandypixelandmercyways.com. Um, but again, the only way to get issue one is by backing us at the $10 or above level at the Indiegogo. So we, uh, we humbly ask that you go check us out and help us awaken the faith that defeats giants. Um. Can I ask you a comicsology real quick? I, I, I just yeah. as a um, insider baseball question, I suppose I, I know that like Spotify, for example, is, is somewhat controversial amongst musicians. Not this the Joe Rogan thing, notwithstanding. Um, like <laughs> before that, the uh, because of uh, is the question about you know recompense. Uh, you know is, is is out there with that is com I I do buy some things. I tend to go to my comic shop. We have I'm lucky enough to have a comic shop in town, uh, and I have them order me physical comic books because I like to support um, that business. Um, but there are occasional things I'll buy on Comicsology, and I sometimes feel guilty about doing that. I mean, is it sure. is it worth your time for people to buy things on Comicsology? So, so I would say yes, um, it absolutely is, but only because there's a massive market, right? Okay. So there's a, there's a huge, huge market there, and it does have the potential to reach, you know, tens of millions of potential people. Although if you're not a big name, it's really tough to kind of get that top, top name booking, unless there's just a big surge of popular support. So, you know, if a thousand people were to go purchase Chronicles of Faith issue zero, then it would probably rank in some of the Amazon, Comixology, you know, algorithms and get a, li a lift in terms of that. Uh, so again, one of the things that we're always telling people is that if, if you really want to see more great Christian content out in the world, go support the guys and gals who are making amazing Christian content today, because that's the only way people are going to be incentivized, you know, to produce more content and really to expose more Christian content. And we're trying real hard. The Mercy Waste team is absolutely world-class um, with what they produce. Um, I try and make my writing live up to what they're doing visually, um, but they are world-class in terms of the art that they're producing. If you'll go look at these comics, if you'll, Yvonne always says, if you'll just give us a try, we think you'll like it. Um, and because the, the art is stunning, it is gorgeous and beautiful, and the amount of research and love and prayer that has gone into these products will just, it oozes off the page. Uh, it impacts you. 
So we, we encourage you to go check us out. And yeah. one thing is, is uh, if, if you want to, to <clears throat> go deep into the story of David, you can, it doesn't mean you have to be Christian. You, it doesn't mean that you have to share our faith. We also making this a fun comic, well-made, uh, with an interesting story. Even if you already know the story of David, you're going to be surprised. And, and this is something that we're trying to emphasize a lot. It's just, this is a new approach. We are completely uh, respectful with the source. We just don't want to go from the Bible. We're just trying to make the story epic and, and give us a try, just like Brandon said that I always said. But uh, give us a try because the, the things that we're trying to share with you is a compelling story and an interesting story about the first underdog hero. It happens to be David. It happens to be in the Bible. It happens to be God is a, a, one of the characters. But it's also a great story. It's just something really, really interesting. Yeah, it's it's very, honestly, it's always struck me as odd that I, I can't really think at least of any kind of great Hollywood use of that story. Like, I, I, it's very cinematic, his life, right? And um, yeah. as, it's, as it's narrated in the Bible. And um, and yeah, and so it really is does lend itself to sort of dramatic storytelling. And I'm kind of shocked that no one <laughs> really takes advantage of that. I um, mean, it works great as a comic. I'm actually looking right now on the Indiegogo page of the, the image of him looking at Goliath. And um, it, it's just really... Uh, Everything Brandon said about the artwork is, is totally true. It's it's um, it's very dramatic and, and kind of beautiful artwork with great colors. Um, I'm particularly like to down to the detail of having clouds in the background out of focus, which gives it this great sense of depth, and you have this sort of epic pe- uh, um, feeling to it. It's it's really really well um, produced, like as a, as a as a piece of art, as a piece of comic art. Thank you, thank you, Danny. And that's again, that's the Mercy Ways team. They are they're experts at what they do and. What I often say is they put they put the same amount of effort that most people put into just a comic cover, they put that into every single page. Yeah, you know the lettering, good, yeah. Uh, the lettering is gorgeous. It's hand done. Uh, all the art is stunning. All the coloring, the flatting, you know everything. And just the Yvonne is a master at composing with panels. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a world class comic. I would put it up against anything that any of the big boys are doing, um, and I think it stands on its own. And that, oh, by the way, that that Goliath piece that you're looking at there—that's just a test piece. That's not the real. Oh, is that right? <laughs> well, it works. Yeah, that's just that's just a sample of what you're going to see inside. Yeah. Um, we've actually done a ton of work, uh, even looking into the archaeological references, you know, of pillars and walls uh. and you know masonry, and bringing the real history into the the costume design for both our philistines and our israelites so um there's a ton of research that's gone into this project and it's a lot of really great detail the cover on of issue two that's shown the just the the crooked top of the staff is just really interesting looking and Mm -hmm. and the kind of ragged rag it's on it's just it's a lot of really just fascinating visual detail and the thing about the cover is interesting i'm thinking Alex Ross, for example, will always like do a cover for a comic book, like the Immortal Hulk. He did these amazing covers on Immortal Hulk, right? But and the inside of that particular comic is great too. But very often, Alex Ross isn't doing the whole comic, right? No. <laughs> right? In this case, you you have the uh, um, yeah. Go ahead, Yvonne. Well, that that for me was always something that I hate in comics. Because you see a great covering and you open it, you say, why? Why I bought this comic? This story sometimes is good, but one thing is <clears throat> trying to keep the art. It's just, 
when you see that Alex Ross is doing the entire comic, you say, wow. It just <laughs> You get what you get promised with the cover. So yeah. the thing that we're trying to do is that. You get what you get promised in the cover. Yeah, yeah, that's really, really great stuff. Um, and one thing, I just, <clears throat> thinking about markets again one last time, I, I would just uh, uh, suppose that you imagine um, sort of bigger churches perhaps being interested in this as kind of a, a, a curricular sort of thing even, right? Um, and so I think that this isn't just something for like individuals to consume. Um, but when you're marketing it as a church, that is a corporate body. So I, I imagine you have thoughts about marketing this to churches, right? Yeah, absolutely. We would love for it to be, you know, brought in to, to youth groups and, you know, and even to, to young adults and in the kids departments as well for churches. And we're happy, you know, to talk to those folks and, do some sort of kind of, you know, bulk order deal. We would love for that to happen because we do think, I mean, the original kind of concept for the comic is that it's a, you know, a, a mother and a daughter or a father and a son or, you know, a mother and a son or a father and a daughter sitting down at bed, you know, kind of reading this comic together and talking about it. And there are even questions, you know, in the back, you know, kind of like discussion questions that prompt you to talk about the story and to explore a little bit deeper. But yeah, we would love to be able to develop a whole, you know, kind of curriculum around this. And if, if there's an interest for that, we would jump all over that. Um, yeah. Right now, we can't just go do that without there being an interest because that's a lot of work. Sure. Um, but we would love to hear from churches. If you want something like that, please reach out to us. Um, you can find me um, at Brainy Pixel Productions or BrainyPixel.com, either one, or on social media at Brainy Pixel or at Brainy Pixel Productions. I'm on all the social medias. Uh, so definitely reach out to me. Uh, Yvonne's um, there at mercyways.com and on social media, they're at mercyways or at mercyways studios. So absolutely. If you want something like that, please reach out. I'll try to, I'll put some um, links to these things in the uh, dis description of this episode when it gets released. So people can, uh, uh, can look thank it up that way. But yeah, fellas, thank you so much. This was uh, a really great conversation. I always, I knew it would be, uh, and, and I, I learned a lot and it was a really um, interesting enlightening sort of conversation presumably as a father who's got a, a kid who's about to go off to college and, and pursuing some some life in the arts uh some in some capacity right i uh i'm interested in hearing your perspective on these things and i'm really really happy uh to see that um this is moving forward i i really do enjoy it so um any uh any last uh thoughts or uh parting uh words of wisdom well uh <clears throat> just for the artists out there is just keep drawing. <laughs> the, the best way you're going to get better is uh, keep drawing and learn. Uh, one thing that I'm so grateful is I'm not alone in this road. So you always need a partner to, to help you, to someone to believe in you that's going to help you. Uh, I find many partners. Brandon is one of them. Uh, I have Ernesto, who is my business partner in Mercy Ways. So you don't have to go against the world by yourself. Uh, in church, we are family. So if you're in, this is something really important and Paul always calls the church, the family. So you don't have to go alone. Keep drawing. Uh, don't give up. And if you fall, just get up again because it is, it, it doesn't worth the fall because it, what I mean is just if you stay down, it's worthless because all the effort you're going to waste. And all the future you're gonna waste. So stay down is not an option. And I would and I would just say, Danny, thank you so much again for doing what you do and for having us on. Um, we are blessed by you. 
uh, please don't stop. I mean, keep oh on, no, keep please. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and and if your daughter if your daughter wants to toss brass ta- talk brass tacks, you know, of the business world, reach out. Happy to do a oh, you know gotcha. yeah, a phone call, a private consult. We would love to oh, encourage dear. her in any way we can. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. So, well. Brandon and Yvonne, thank you so much, fellas. Um, this is always uh, a real pleasure, and, uh, and it's been a great um, talk for me. I really do encourage uh, everybody listening to go to the Indiegogo. There's a really great video they have um, that kind of outlines the project, and, and there's a very clear level of backage uh, that you can choose to um, help out from the side. And uh, it really is a project worthy of your attention. And so uh, for Brandon and for Yvonne, thank you so much. My name is Danny Anderson, uh, thanking you for all for listening to another episode of the Sectarian Review Podcast. You'll be